In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome to your Friday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal, Ryan. Woo, we made it through another week, folks, and what a week it was. Tons of great episodes this week. We had Toya Bush-Harris from Married to Medicine, Sophie Ross. We uh, we had a full, uh, supersized recap of Salt Lake City reunion, and now today we're doing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, I already recorded that recap, but I'm coming on here to do the intro and to talk for a couple minutes about the Southern Charm reunion part one that aired. Um, how the heck is everybody doing? Are you guys good? Are you good? It was the week tough this week. Very tough, very busy, but you know, but very tough. And it's, it's kind of windy in LA. It's kind of into the world weather. Uh, Bill Bailey is in town. We had a very nice dinner tonight and, uh, very excited to go with him to the Eagles concert on Saturday. I keep talking about it all week cause I'm excited about it, but I'm tired. So hopefully I'm going to get some sleep tonight and, uh, going to take him around LA this weekend. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I hope you have a great weekend ahead of you as well. Okay. Southern charm. What did you guys think about it? I thought, I got to tell you, man, I don't know if I really expected much from it. And I loved it. I loved, I thought, I mean, real relationships, you know what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying with Beverly Hills. I do a whole monologue in the beginning of the recap where I talk about the importance as I always do of real relationships and how I think this season suffers. It's not bad, but it suffers a little bit that I don't think at the end of the day, these are people that keep each other in their lives when the cameras are not rolling. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you feel the difference. Now with Southern Charm, you really feel those relationships, especially with those three knuckleheads, Austin, Shep, and Craig. Now, actually two knuckleheads and Craig. I don't think Craig's a knucklehead anymore. So that really gives this weight. It gives it, uh, it gives it meat. It gives it substance. You know, you feel like there is something to be lost. There is something at play. And this reunion, I just thought was great. Uh, JT already coming for Austin out of the gate. And yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a shtick. And it's a little, you know, he's throwing everything against the wall because I think he's getting a little bit of a good attention from it. And he kind of likes it. And also, Austin does sometimes deserve to be taken down a peg. He does deserve for it to be pointed out many times the behavior that he's had. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think, you know, he can be just very annoying to certain people. And I think Austin is one of those people. Um, Now, the big thing that you're going to hear about if you haven't seen it is Shep. Shep, which we've talked about many times, we've seen his behavior this season on the show. But also, you know, I was talking to you guys after BravoCon. And I told you, I said, listen, at the Bravos, I was right near Craig and Austin. 
and Shep. And Shep looked like he was on another planet, man. And I was like, oh, he's probably on mushrooms or something. And uh, he just looked, you know, and you could tell Craig was like, you know, hey, man, like, you know, you, you could tell Craig was like fully with it. And Austin was pretty much too, but Shep looked like he was on a different level. And then I had heard stories all weekend about Shep's behavior. And then it kind of got confirmed that he was kind of blackout for that entire weekend. And he admits that. And it was really interesting. And he kind of gave what he called a mea culpa to the Southern charmers there. He asked Andy for permission and he just said, listen, you know, I'm in a bad place. I'm, you know, he admitted to being older and that the party might have to stop and that he always kind of thought of himself as a rock star, but it's just not, you know, his body and his mind, they're kind of going, no, no, no. And he said, you know, those guys, they have a podcast. Craig has his pillow business and I kind of have nothing. And he was really honest about it. And then Madison kind of leaned over to, I think, Leva and was like, I thought he was telling us he was going to rehab. I thought that was the thing. And, and so it seemed like that was like at play because he tried to talk to some of these guys before the reunion and Austin and Craig didn't want to meet him because they were just like, oh, it's going to be the same thing. And, you know, you really, I will say this is that it's real, it's not easy, but you know, when we watch these shows, we're these ultimate arbiters, these referees, and it's our sport. And we're like, that's bad behavior. That's that, that's that. And I think we sometimes miss the other part of it is that we all have to like, Hey, we want everybody at the end of the day to be good. Right. And I guess maybe that's the scary part is that maybe we can come to a point where that actually isn't the case. We want to just destroy people and throw them away. And you have to believe that People deserve to be helped. People deserve to be forgiven if they realize they've made mistakes. And, you know, there is that thing where I heard that speech and it wasn't like I bought it hook, line and sinker, but I did see a man that was in pain. I did see that. And I felt, I mean, it's something that we've all been saying. We're like, oh my God, dude, where does this end for Shep? Where does this end? This behavior and this treating women this certain way and you know, letting Taylor go, which even through this, you know, it seems like he's finally waking up to the fact that he was the happiest he had ever been when he was with Taylor. And now Taylor is with a new dude and has been with a new dude for four months. And they got into a huge fight at BravoCon because I guess when Chef was blackout, he smacked Taylor's ass in front of her new boyfriend and they got into a big fight about it. But you can also see Taylor definitely still cares about Chef. I mean, Taylor seems like she's on a journey herself, but she's still so young. Um, and that's not an excuse you know, which, you know, Shep kind of got hopped on because Shep was kind of trying to say, I blame myself for her behavior. And I understood what he meant, but he was saying, well, I just blame myself for, you know, introducing her to this madness. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, but it was really interesting. And I got to say, you know, because Andy was like, I saw at BravoCon Austin being a really good friend to you and trying to really make sure you were okay. And then Craig also, Craig, man, I mean, MVP, most God, man, I know we shouldn't like, uh, you know, but man, how do you not have a crush on Craig? Like I'm full JT, JT, like thirsts over Craig. I, I do too, man. The guy, and it says like, listen, I used to think I could do a couple drinks and now I don't really drink at all. Um, and it was pointed out is that Craig actually has, you know, things that he wants to do in his life, things that he's looking forward to more than the next party. And I thought, man, this guy 
you know, because those are tough decisions to actually put something away that has given you so many fun moments, you know, those moments of glory. And Craig's like, listen, dude, I miss it sometimes too, but I don't miss that. Like, and he's kind of referencing chef's behavior and chef's chef's feeling guilty about his behavior and just the misery that he looks, the existential dread that he's going through. And I thought, man, this Craig, what a, what a self-realized person. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. There was a couple like, there's a couple things that I just, I thought it was really, really fascinating and it went way too quick for me, but I was really interested. The other big thing that came out was Olivia. Uh, Taylor was like, oh, you should forgive how you want to be forgiven. And Olivia was like, oh, Taylor, I know what you're trying to do. Just come out with it. You know something that nobody else does. And it comes out that Olivia had a one night stand. Okay. Hold on to your coal mining asses right now. Get this. Olivia had a one night stand with T-Rab, Thomas motherfucking Ravenel, when she was like 20, 21, 20. Oh my God. And she said, it was one night stand. I didn't tell anybody because who would want to remember that? And, and then they flash back to, you know, I think it was last year's reunion when Madison kind of called it out and she was like, no, I didn't. He's a family friend. And Taylor was kind of saying like, well, don't you owe Catherine an apology because, and she was like, I didn't even know Catherine at the time when I did that, but it is a little shady because Catherine was potentially still with T Rav at that time. Well, I mean, fuck it. She F T rap. Oh my God. That was mind blowing. But she was young, drunk, you know, like, you know, mistakes happen, but also it was another bad fucking look on Taylor, dude. This Taylor can't win for losing. Like I was just like, she was like, listen, Taylor, there was only one person on this earth that I told, and that was you. And now you are itching to use it against me. And that is so fucking shitty. That is so dark. I mean, shame on you people out there that call yourself friends and then use information against that person at another time. Shame on you. You will feel misery at some point. You truly will. You truly will, but I was wild, but it was just really, really interesting. And it's like part one of three, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that stood out, but that Shep thing was why, you know, listen, blackout, I've been blackout. I mean, I have such an interesting relationship with alcohol. Like I think I really stopped, like I'll, I'll, I'll get my drink on here and there, but like, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, I mean, there was like a year during COVID where I would like, I would drink Fernet Bronca and like Trulies while I was recording. Like I would, it was just commonplace. It was just commonplace. They were like a really good year and I wasn't blackout, but I would get pretty loose. I couldn't drink at all now during the podcast. I think there was one time when I had to finish up in the last couple of months and came back to it um, just because I'm weirdly responsible, even if I'm tipsy. But I will tell you that fucking – I've talked about it a couple podcasts that night of the Roni premiere at the New York Roni premiere. I got blackout. Like that was me throwing up on the streets of New York. And ever since then, that was it. Like even when my mom died, I wasn't drink. I mean, it was, I mean, that was kind of a wake up call because I had not been like that. And I was like, Oh dude, you are way too old for this. I mean, it, it was just gross. It was gross, gross, gross. Um, and it's been better since then, but like, yeah, I, I do think you, weigh those things uh, in your life where you're like, 
I want to work. I want to keep doing this. I want to be good at this. I want to be good at other things. And I don't want to be dealing with hangovers. I don't want to be dealing with guilt. I don't want to be dealing with those things. And you can see Shep really going through it. And it's way different also with Shep because Shep is a man of privilege. You know, he comes from family money. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's not his fault he comes from family money. But it's hard because then at the end of the day, you're like, well, what am I doing with my life? You know, I've got all of these things taken care of. I love friendships. I love a good time. But it does seem you wake up to this huge hole of what does my existence mean? I mean, it's real wild thoughts. Did you guys find it as interesting as I did? Also, it was brought up about Paige and Craig. And, you know, Craig was like, listen, yeah, there have been a couple of times that Paige went upstairs because she sometimes just wants to get away with the group. She said she had a couple good bad instances with Shep, which they didn't get into. I don't know, but I just think it was so interesting. And that's what I love about Southern Charm is the real relationships. Also, it got brought up about Whitney getting that semi nude from Taylor with the come one, come all. And Leva said there was all these text messages. She saw some of the text thread and just, uh, it was like sexting with Whitney and Taylor was like, listen, you know, sorry. Yeah. Uh, your friend stuck his dick in me, but now like was like really hitting on Whitney. Now Craig even said, Whitney's the bad guy in this situation. He shouldn't be going around showing these texts and laughing about them or being embarrassed about them. He shouldn't be doing that at all. And I totally agree with that, but man, this Taylor seems like she's wild. And I think that the obvious thing to do is, or not the obvious, but sometimes you're like, oh, well, Shep really did break her heart and she is trying to do anything to scorch the earth uh, in certain ways. But even Taylor pointed out, she's like, I'm a grown woman. I'm an adult. I make my own decisions. So I don't know. I highly recommend the Southern Charm reunion part one. What did you guys think? I thought it was really, really good. I don't know. I really, I think it was because I've been watching Beverly Hills all day. And then to switch to that, I was like, it just felt so much more. Oh, anyways, let's get into Beverly Hills. This actually turns into a really fun recap, especially the last half of it when Freddie Mellencamp shows up and Morgan Wade does her song. So hang out for that. I think this is a super silly one, even though there's some really serious moments, but hang in with this recap because I think it actually gets really good. Every time I say that, it turns out to be horrible. So maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about, but I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get some laughs out of it. Please let me know if you do. Um, remember, let me know if you're enjoying it. If you like this, um, if you have positive things to say, tell your friends about this show. Like we're building this still. I'm, I'm really excited as always for what's to come and you are a part of it. So have a great weekend, you guys. And here it is. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. 
So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's hop into this. Now, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 13. What do we think so far? I think there's been some high highs and then there's been Sutton's esophagus. Uh, Anna Anna Marie Wiley has seemed to be really just a flop of a character so far. Almost so much of a flop that I'm starting to feel bad for her. Um, Do you guys feel like that at all? Like, I just feel like, oh, man, did she think this went well? And how she was presented on the trailer where she was like getting at Crystal. I think uh, I don't know. I'm just so curious what the remainder of the season is going to entail for her character. And we've got to be nearing or close to the end because Andy on uh, the old twatter last night said, hey, I'm preparing for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Give me all your questions, which means we we, we might be close. I think we might only have like about five more episodes left. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really I'm really curious where we go. But I, I don't want to say it's a disjointed season. But at the same time, when you compare it to something like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, where you have this overarching plot line that carries throughout the season, we have certain things that carry throughout the season, like whatever the hell Kyle is going through on any given episode, which seems to be so much. But I don't know. It's one of those things that unfortunately you're going to compare um, Salt Lake and Beverly Hills because they're on back to back at the same time. And uh, uh, it's an, an unfair comparison because we've had seasons of Beverly Hills that have had that kind of storyline, like the Tom and Erica storyline or Rinna being a complete freak last season that kind of carried through the entire season. But it's weird. Like, I just don't know what Anna Marie Wiley, why she was presented as a housewife when she barely seems a friend of. I mean, Sutton's um, Sutton's dating coach has had more screen time than Anna Marie Wiley, and she's not even mentioned esophaguses. So uh, maybe they're going to make Sutton's date coach a full-time cast member next season. Who knows? Now, this episode, unfortunately, Erica Jane, I've got Calvin. I got the van. <laughs> I can't go on this cast trip. So we have her sitting on the bench. And they go to Ojai, they do their thing there, shopping, all of that stuff. But I don't know, you know, I think it's just uh, coming off Salt Lake, talking about that episode on the podcast, and then going into this, there's just this, I don't know, it's not exhaustion, but there's this, okay, it's another episode of Housewives. Do you ever get like that, where you watch the show and you're like... Oh, you know, I'm listening to this book right now about Siskel and Ebert. Now, if you don't know Siskel and Ebert, how dare you? But Siskel and Ebert, they kind of invented the thumbs up, thumbs down in regards to uh, movies. Like we give it two thumbs up and Siskel and Ebert, they were both um, film critics in Chicago. And I'm reading this uh, autobiography, not auto, this biography on both of them and how they came to be. And, you know, it really made me 
appreciate film criticism. Growing up, I loved Siskel and Ebert. I really did. As a kid, I would get Roger Ebert's um, book of movies every year. And then I would read it and cross off which ones I hadn't seen, circle the ones I wanted to see. And I just loved them so, so much. But there was this passage in the book where Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel were both talking about the passage of time is that with movies, you know, they took it so seriously that when they saw a real stinker of a movie, they got upset. They got really upset because they were like, how dare you waste two hours of our lives? You know, like life is so precious. How dare you waste two hours of our lives with drivel? And I'm not saying this is that bad. I'm not saying this about housewives, but sometimes do you, are you ever like that where you, you'll watch a season or a couple of episodes or maybe even Potomac this season where you're like, oh my God, how long is this going to go on? There's only so many hours in a day and only so many hours in our lives. You know, how? You know, do you ever like, so that, you know, you really appreciate it when something like Salt Lake comes together. Cause you're like, this is what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. But then there's so many episodes that kind of go by the wayside and you got to do a lot to fill like a 20 episode season, season after season. And Beverly Hills is on its 13th season. But like I'm saying, it's not like stinker bad. It's just there. And, and I don't want to take away from the fact there's, there's, there's some really intense issues, like what Kyle is dealing with in terms of the loss of her friend, whatever is going on in her marriage, which I think this week even cements it further that they are definitely not together when they were filming this. And it seems like if you read behind, between the lines, she is trying to find a way to hint or let people know that they are not what they used to be. And then on the flip side, you have Dorit and PK where he's like, I can't believe I'll have to go to therapy for your putster. I don't understand PTSD. I just want to eat pizza and crisps. And that's kind of completely ridiculous because you almost feel bad for Dorit because PK, it's like, my God, at least act like you care at a certain point. Like, has anybody ever like opened up about their trauma? And then somebody been like, no, I don't believe it. I think it's selfish. And I'm like, that is ballsy. And especially really ballsy when a camera is directly on you. You know what it is? I was watching them in their uh, Sprinter van on the way to Ojai. And they were, you know, the the purpose of this trip was to celebrate Anna Marie Wiley's birthday, which I was like, you guys don't even know her. And it's one of those kind of housewife things of we've got to do an event. And it just was weird because I thought I was looking around at all the ladies in the vehicle. And I just said, you know, it just seems like that thing where they get together. And it's like the fact that they're housewives is what makes their them all be in a relationship together. It's not that they're actually cemented as friends in real life. It's the fact that they're housewives. That's the relationship. Like, how do you guys know each other? Oh, we're real housewives on a TV show. And sometimes you want a little more skin in the game. Sometimes you really want to believe that they are all desperate for each other's approval, attention, uh, you know, that they get real anger and not just, oh, I can write you off at a second's notice. You want to believe that there are real stakes at play. And sometimes you get that, but also then there are kind of moments that take off in this weird way. Like Kyle has this beautiful event based around the death of her friend. But then at the same time, you've got her new special friend, Morgan Wade, who obviously is a very talented musician. I really do love Morgan Wade's singing voice. <laughs> I'm Morgan Wade. I'm going to sing beautifully. Um, not talking about her speaking voice, her singing voice, beautiful. But then she does a song. 
at this thing that's all like, I'm going to lay you down on the floor and fuck you. It was like a very sex. That's by the way, that's my idea of a sexy song. It, it was like a sexy song where I was like, yeah, seems sad. But then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, what the fuck? Did anybody check these lyrics? Like nobody at the event was like, what the fuck is going on? I say, I say, I can't believe what I'm hearing. They were all crying and stuff. I'm like, listen to the lyrics, folks. Like what? This is like the Da Vinci Code. What? What are they trying to tell us here? So there's like a lot of kind of disjointed scenes. I'll take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, and what do we come up with? And then that's why I said Anna Maria is such a flop because you know it's only kind of her third two and a half, three episodes, and she brings up Sutton's small esophagus again. Like this lady has esophagus envy. Like I, it's one of those things, you know, it's like when I used to be in improvisation, which was very painful and obviously probably very painful for people to watch. Um, and you, you would have somebody in a scene where they were just desperate to find the game of the scene because they were like, oh my God, we're up on stage. we got to figure out what to do. And they just hop on the first thing, even though the first thing isn't that good. And it feels like Anna Marie hopped on this first thing of esophagus and she's like, okay, if today doesn't go well, I always have the esophagus in my back pocket. I can go back to the esophagus. And it's like, girl, no, get off the esophagus completely. It is ridiculous. Like I said on yesterday's show on the Salt Lake, it's like Lucy Lucy Apple Juice. Like Lucy Lucy Apple Juice seems like Citizen Kane compared to Anna Marie talking about an esophagus. And this girl doubles down. She was on a podcast. Was it was it the Twats podcast? Was it Freddie and Tamara where she's talking about you know, still kind of defending the, I'm like, get off the esophagus entirely. The less you talk about it, the, the, the quicker we're going to forget about it. You don't want Andy at a reunion going, we're going to dedicate the third episode to Sutton's esophagus. Anna Marie, take us through that. Like I'm done with hearing about the body, you know, it's <laughs> just done. Anyways, let's get into this recap. Recap. Um, Bill Bailey's here, by the way, uh, he's up, uh, taking a nap right now, but uh, I'm going to have him on, maybe I'll have him say hi on today's pod. If not, uh, definitely on Monday's podcast and he's going to do the Patreon live so bad. It's good or patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. Uh, he'll be on the Patreon live on Monday. So check that out. If that's your thing, if you want to talk to, uh, old Bill Bailey, also, as always, special shout out goes to Juliana Carroza, who uh, took these brilliant notes and uh, she's just so amazing. I couldn't do this without her at all. What's this? It's just a grown man making a complete idiot of himself. So special shout out to Juliana. Thank you so, so much. Okay, so uh, episode 11, and this is entitled A Celebration of Life, which is very fitting based on Kyle's friend. This is a summary that the cable company gives us. The women head to Ojai for Anna Marie's birthday as frosting isn't the only thing Sutton is licking. Dorit <laughs> questions her marriage after PK's shocking admission in therapy, and Kyle hosts a celebration of a life for her late friend. And then we start off, as we always do, with scenes from previous episodes, so it's previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and we have Garcelle on FaceTime with Jade and his girlfriend Ashlyn. She's like, what are you all doing in bed? And Jade's like, we're watching a movie! And Garcelle's like, alright, have fun, not too much fun, not too much fun! And then we cut to Anna Marie at Sutton's boutique anniversary soiree, where Anna Marie's questioning Sutton, going, you don't eat food? 
And then your reason for not eating food is because like I have a narrow esophagus and sounds like, well, why am I having a doctor's appointment right now? I say, I say. And then we cut to Kyle in that beautiful scene with her therapist slash life coach a couple of episodes ago where she says, my very, very best friend, my whole life, she took her life on May 1st. And the therapist says, that's a huge loss. And Kyle's like, she was so together. I mean, she was literally in my will. She was in charge of my children, my money, everything. I don't know what happened. It's so frustrating. And think about that for a second, because we've talked about that thought of just, especially this year of all years for Kyle, she really probably needs her friend now more than ever. And in fact, we find out more information about what her friend thought about her marriage or something about the marriage, which I found very intriguing. Then we cut to a scene with Dorit going, you know, I wanted to talk to you about homeschooling, PK, and I know how you feel about it. And PK's like, I don't want these kids not to experience going to school. It's where they're going to make their friends. Hey, hey. <laughs> and <laughs> Dorit in a talking head's like, when PK travels, I feel like a single mom. Ooh, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. He doesn't know their needs. And then he just wants to swoop in and tell me what's best for the kids. How dare you, PK? And then Garcelle, we cut to that scene from last week at lunch with Dar Dorit, which was a very uncomfortable, filled with silence scene where Garcelle goes, what happened the other day really triggered me. And it really bothered me. And Dorit's like, I'm very sorry that it triggered you. And it hurt you. And I mean that genuinely. And then Garcelle goes, I believe that. Taglines. Let's go through these one more time with feeling Garcelle's. I'm an actor for a living, but I never fall for a bad performance. Son, hey, ha, say, who needs a knight in shining armor when you have your own horse? His name is Santos. He is a beautiful horse. Who needs a knight in shining But by the way, son's dating now, and she's like going to go on a second date with this guy that loves karaoke. I prefer Santos over this guy, but I mean, maybe you can have both. And then Erica's tagline, the best part about losing everything is getting it all back. Yeah, I'm Erica Jane. And then Dorit's tagline, fashion is my language and I speak it fluently. Now that's a weird one for Dorit because Dorit this season more than ever has kind of been dressing down more, you know, like she's not doing the fancy baubles, the big photo shoots like she was always doing. So when I heard this tagline initially, I thought, oh, is Dorit's storyline going to be like Beverly Beach comes back? Is there going to be another fashion line? Because usually the tagline will kind of give you a clue into what their season storyline is. Then Crystal's tagline is, they say wisdom comes with age, but I'm proving otherwise. Uh, then Anna Marie says her tagline is, <laughs> say, do you have a small esophagus like Sutton? I'm Anna Marie. No, hers is, I may put you asleep for a living, but I keep one eye open. Now, with Anna Marie's, I think they could put the period right after living. So I think it could be, I may put you asleep for a living, period, and then just move on. And then Kyle's is, it's hard to outrun rumors, but luckily, I'm in better shape than ever. So that kind of ties in because there's so many rumors about Kyle this season, about her marriage, about Morgan Wade, but also she is not drinking, she's eating right, and she's working out tons. So she's in better shape than ever. Now the music plays. It's a it's a timely bop. It says, where all my queens be? Yeah, girl. And Kyle is at home sprawled out on a sofa. And Kyle's like, where is everybody? Damn it. And one of her dogs barks. And Kyle's like, somebody's here. And she starts tap dancing on her checkerboard floor. Then we cut on over to Crystal's. 
a car pulls up delivering crystal as she walks to the front door she hears a tap tap tapping and crystal's like is she TikToking in there and she enters the house and crystal's like hi and crystal's actually a kyle's and kyle's like i was bored look how cute you look imagine that imagine having time to be that bored where you're just tap dancing like i I wish I had more time to just have spur of the moment tap dances. Crystal goes, you too. I brought some water for the bus. Thanks, Crystal. Kyle's like, you look so cute. Kyle and I talking head says, I thought it would be fun to go to Ojai for the day for Anna Marie's birthday because I feel like every time Anna Marie's been around, there's been chaos because I've pushed her into conflict with Sutton because I don't want to do it directly. We played a flashback of three weeks earlier at Kyle's THC dinner and Kyle's yelling, now everyone is saying, what's going on with you? I can't afford to feel depressed right now. And then over to Sutton's boutique's anniversary soiree and Dorit's like, Crystal, why are you telling Sutton that I'm going around to everybody? And Crystal's like, I'm not telling that you're going around. I said you said it to me because, you know, it was the Dorit going, Sutton likes to drink turpentine. She loves, she'll drink mouthwash if it has alcohol in it. Um, Kyle continues in a talking head going, so I thought, why not take a nice day trip? Get to know each other better. Just enjoy a girl's day out without any arguing. For once, maybe. <laughs> and then Chris was like, are you wearing heels all day? And Kyle's like, no, I brought sneakers. And Chris was like, oh, okay. And Kyle's like, well, when you're five foot two, <laughs> you need all the help you can get. Meanwhile, in another car speeding through the streets of Los Angeles, Sutton's like, well, I say, I say, for the love of God, we're never going to get there, Garcelle. This shopping trip is going to be like this. <laughs> Done. And Garcelle's like, oh, no, no, no. Is there good shopping there? And Sutton's like, well, I've never been to Ojai. I'll never, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to never do Taco Tuesday again. And Garcelle's like, I don't ever want to see a taco. And Sutton's like, oh, or a Tuesday, I say, I say. And Garcelle's like, well, I haven't seen anybody from there except I saw Dorit last night. And Sutton's like, well, oh, oh, oh. And, and Garcelle goes, and um, we hashed it out. And Garcelle in a talking head says, listen, we fight hard. But I think we also let it go and we try to have a good time. So I think today, going up to Ojai, I hope everybody's good. We're going to put it behind us and just enjoy ourselves. I like ourselves like, we fight hard, but we love harder. We love harder. And I, at this point, I don't even buy it. I'm like, Garcelle, you don't like Dorit. I don't think Dorit likes you that much. It doesn't seem like this relationship. Like, are we, uh, we going to go forward with it? Like, I, I'm very curious. Also... To kind of go off topic here, I keep thinking, obviously, about Reality Von Tees and why it's so offensive to the ladies when these ladies talk shit online about each other all the time. They like people's posts that slam their castmates. They do all of these things. So I'm trying to think, so is it the secrecy? Is it the, that, that's what, that's what it is, is that there was a hidden identity because I, I will guarantee that a lot of these ladies probably do some things behind closed doors. I mean, I'm still curious about the Diana Jenkins bot situation in regards to Garcelle and her sons. I am Diana Jenkins. I am no longer on this show. <laughs> um, so Garcelle's like, we can put it away. We can enjoy ourselves. And then in the scene, son's like, well, did Dorit acknowledge like understanding? And Garcelle goes, well, long, short, long story short, I'm moving past it. And son's like, well, my good friend, Amber Sakai, we're going to go to her family's house. And Garcelle goes, estate? Well, yeah. And it has a wine and a lunch tasting. And 
Okay, so, oh, oh, great. And then uh, there's Kyle. She's not drinking. So what she's going to taste? And so it's like, well, she going to taste water. I say, I say, who gives a fuck what Kyle wants to taste? I don't care. I'm going to get my drink on. I say, I say. Um, and, uh, they finally arrive at Kyle's house. They go inside. So they're all meeting up there. Kyle is wearing this pink sweater and, uh, Garcia's like, hello. And Kyle's like, pink. Oh God, I love your sweater. And Garcelle goes, of course you do. Of course. I guess Garcelle's wearing the pink sweater too. And Anna Marie and Dorit, their car drops them off next and they go inside and greet everyone. I always love, and I always love how the producers set this up because, you know, they kind of stage it of like who goes together. And especially when they split off into groups in the shopping trip, I always want to know how the producers put that together because you have to think, you know, they obviously don't want all of these ladies talking over each other in every scene. So they split them up. And also that's a chance for these ladies to talk shit on the other ladies that are not in their group. So you're trying to think of the best way to put these shows together, to get these ladies talking, to get something to talk about. Um, anyways, uh, Kyle's like, Oh my God, we're matching. Oh, I am. So, uh, Dorit and Anne Marie dressed in tan and black. And she's like, Oh my God, you're matching. And Garcelle and I are matching. It's crazy. And Amory's like, Kyle, thank you for doing this. I love you for doing this. And so it's like, well, now are we waiting for Erica. And Kyle's like, no, she got the vid. She got COVID. Well, oh God, oh God, oh gosh, Don. And Kyle and Garcelle goes, you knew that, right? And Garcelle's like, yeah. And Sutton's like, well, I'm always the last to know. Oh, Sutton, nobody tells her when they got the vid, I say, I say. And Kyle's like, well, let's call her and check in. Kyle calls Erica on FaceTime. Hi, guys. How are you feeling? I'm okay. I turned positive three times yesterday. It started as a scratchy throat. I thought I had allergies. And then it went down from there. And I was like, well, feel better. I'm going to get these ladies on the road. And then all in unison, they're like, feel better, feel better. We'll shop for you. We'll shop for you. But you'll have to pay us back. Eric is like, call me later. Bye. I'll get some dick. I'll get some sick dick. Yeah. Kyle's like, so you guys, we're going to get the show on the road. They all head out and load up in the waiting sprinter van. And Garcelle's like, woohoo, here we go. Okay, to our amazing trip. Thank you, Kyle, for putting this all together. She pops the cork on a bottle of bubbly and they all hoot and clap, just having a gay old time. Anna Marie in a talking head's like, I think it is so sweet that they planned this trip for me. I think we're going to go and have silly girl fun and get to know each other a little bit better. And remember when my husband called me an eight and a half in every category, including looks? I'm still thinking about that. Anna Marie goes, Crystal or Sutton, do you guys want one right now in regards to the champagne? And Sutton's like, well, we're going, we're doing something else over here. We're doing something else. Anna Marie in a talking head's like, Sutton and I have had a rocky start, to put it mildly, <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to have a good time. We'll just see how the day goes. And Sutton's like, well, okay, okay. Would anyone like to hear my very exciting news? And Garcelle's like, of course. And then Sutton's like, well, I went on a date. And Kyle gasps and says, well, his name is Steve and he has a job. And Garcelle's like, perfect. And Amory's like, yay. And Dorit's like, we like that. And Dorit's like, PK doesn't have a job. And then Sun's like, well, and, and he likes karaoke and just girl boners a flutter. Everybody's like, oh my God, karaoke. That's so hot. Uh, But they're all like, perfect, perfect. And Sun's like, well, guess what? Guess what? And Dorit's like, what? And then Sun's like, well, 
he asked me out for a second date. And there's a flashback to their date night two days earlier. And Steve's like, I'd like to talk to you more after this somehow. And Sutton, you can see in the scene, her mouth just drops to the floor like, oh my God, I've never had, I've never had this happen. Somebody wanted me to talk to me on a second occasion. And Sutton's like, well, oh, okay, yeah, um, f- for sure. And Steve's like, well, yeah, so can I have your number? And she's like, yeah. And the ladies all collectively cheers Sutton and Sutton raises her arms like, oh my God, success. I can't wait to tell Santos. Sutton and the talking heads like, well, I'm really excited for my second date with Steve. He was really cute. I say, I say, and he's been texting me. You know, I think he likes me. Kyle goes, you can sing to him. When are we going out again? And Sutton sings back, I love this date. Morgan Wade should make that a song. I love this date. Kyle's like, okay, so do you want to hear what we're going to do? And they're all like, yeah. And Garcelle goes shopping. And Kyle's like, we're going to split up in two groups. When we get there, we can decide who goes where, whatever. And we're going to have a wine tasting. We're also going to have tequila and vodka there too. We're also going to have lunch. And then Sutton gives a loud, uh, she burps. Oh, oh goodness. Oh my God. Oh, ooh. And Sutton holds up her giant hydrate jug. Oh, this is what uh, they call this my hydrate jug. This old Sutton's hydrating jug. Yeah. Yeah. I got a big old Sutton hydrating jug. Uh, and then Sutton's like, I brought a little vodka today. And they all laugh. And Dreet pretends to laugh, like, oh, Sutton, you, you alcoholic. <laughs> They arrived to the quaint town of Ohio. I've been to Ohio a bunch. It really is a beautiful place. They're dropped right in the heart of the shopping district. It's not huge. So Dorit, Sun, and Crystal, uh, they're in one group. They head into the Carolina Grahams Extra Virgin Olive Oil Products. My eyes glaze over at this kind of shopping. Like I they had like a record store or like a bookstore or a comic book store. Uh, that's exciting. But when I, I'm like, olive oil, what the fuck? Like, I like the olive oil that they sell at Trader Joe's. Um, that's, uh, cool, but I never get excited about all of my mom got excited about olive oil and Dorit's like, I do love olive oil. <laughs> Dorit enters the store and shows off. She's speaking Italian with the proprietor. She's like, Oh, she's like, just really showing off her Italian. And Crystal whispers to Sutton, she's like, this poor woman's going to be here for seven hours. Remember, Dorit is a child of the world. Dorit can speak more languages than C-3PO. And that's part of the reason why I do her voice as C-3PO, because I'm like, Master Luke, Master Luke, I can speak 30 billion languages. And I love a good Dorit really talking another person's language because she really does come alive. It's a really cool thing. And I do also love that she over talks in every language. Kyle, Garcelle and Anna Marie, they're in another group. They're walking along the shops and Kyle's like, Oh my God, look at these, look at these. I want to get something here. I just want to see. And Garcelle's like, no, no, Kyle, no. It's probably a jewelry store. Instead, they enter a woman's and men's shop of clothing. This Kyle, she fucking loves to spend some money. She loves shopping. And she lets us know this. Kyle's like, I can work with this. And Garcelle sighs. And Kyle is overly enthusiastic about the shopping. And, you know, it is one of those things. Do you always think that like, okay, she gave up all of these other vices, but she's like tripled down on the shopping potentially. And Anna Marie's like, who is the biggest shopper in the group? And Garcelle's like, uh, Kyle Richards. Hello. And Anna Marie's like, 
Okay. I don't know why I asked that question. Silly question. And Kyle's trying on a hat. And I was like, oh my God, Kimosabi is going to be jealous. What are you doing, Kyle? You're cheating on Kimosabi, your favorite Aspen hat store. And Kyle's like, this is true. Guilty as charged. Kyle and I talking heads like, I don't know how frequently I shop. How often do I buy something? For sure every day. Oh my gosh. And Kyle's like wearing the hat now. It would be dope if she likes shoplifted. Uh, Cause like I can find something anywhere. And Garcia's like, yes, she can. That's not that big of a, like, that's not even, I think she's like humble bragging, but it's like, yeah, man, like I could probably buy something if I, anywhere I wanted to, if I had like, okay, like shopping's pretty easy to do if you have money or even sometimes if you don't, if you have credit cards, it's just one of those things. And Kyle on a talking head, she has a big, happy smile on it. She's like, Big things. I like to. I like to shop big things. I like little things. I like medium sized things. Um, and we cut to her back in the store. She's getting like this extra small top. It's like, oh my god, Morgan's gonna like this. Kyle and I talking heads. Like, I can shop on my phone and on my bed. I can do online shopping. And this is all cut over. The voiceover is all over her shopping in the stores. She's like, I can shop at a gas station, airport stores. Love it. Mobile Mart. Yeah, there's stuff in there I actually like. Uh, the lady's here again at the uh, the the, the Philip seventy six. She's bought us out of juicy fruit gum. She just keeps buying juicy fruit gum. It's crazy. Anyways, Kyle racks up a pile of stuff and checks out for four hundred ninety five dollars and fifty cents. That's pretty cheap for a Kyle shopping trip. And Kyle's like, "Can someone like deliver our stuff to the Sprinter while I walk around? Come on!" Kyle continues in a talking head, still very smiley. I just like it so much. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Allison Dubois pops out of nowhere. I'm like, uh, the clothing will never emotionally fulfill you, Kyle. It just won't. Kyle's like, I'm just going to get some fresh air. And Garcelle's like, oh, Kyle Richards. Now, Kyle, with a parade of clerks carrying her shopping bags, it's like pretty woman, like big mistake, big, huge Kyle to the driver's like, can you find a spot for all our shopping bags? If we have to leave one of the women, it's fine. Just kidding. Ha <laughs> ha. But if you do, Sutton. <laughs> um, now we have a bouncy, happy song of like, I see your love. I can feel it in the air. Get ready for this. You know that's how we do it. Singing love. I can feel it in the air. Get ready for a good time. Let's do this. The Sprinter van speeds along to the country to the Casa Loke farm and winery. And the car out of nowhere just hits a hobo. Yeah, swear to God, it hits a hobo. And then they're all like, oh my God, do we tell the cops? And then they just, the Sprinter van just takes off, you guys. And it's what? <laughs> I'm always, <laughs> do you ever think about that? Like they're in the middle of like kind of a boring episode of Housewives and then something like just insane happens. Like I always used to think about that Real Housewives in New York. Like, wouldn't you love to see the old Roni cast like aliens invade New York? And Ramona's like, what? What are these tall beans? They're so gross. They're so tall and they're so slimy. I don't know what they're doing here. This is the Upper East Side. Like, I want that. I want like Cloverfield Monster mixed with Roni. Anyways, Kyle's like, we're not at Disneyland. Thank God. But we are here. Yay. And all the ladies are like, thank you, Kyle. It's a lot of like in unison so far this episode of like, yay. Lauren, the sommelier is like, welcome to the Casse Loke. And Everybody's like, okay. And Kyle's like, do you have non-alcoholic ones? And Lauren's like, yep, we do. And Garcia's like, you guys, this is so pretty. It is just like, there is so much, right? And the ladies are gathered around a very abundant display of 
fresh fruits, veggies, nutties, nuts, and cheesies, and cookies, and they're just loading up their plates. And Blaine, another sommelier, is like, so, we'll get your wine tasting started for today. Right now, you are sipping our 2021 Malvasia Bianca. It is very light. It reminds me of Hawaii in a bottle. It just tastes like macadamia nuts at an airport. And Garcelle's like, thank you so much. Okay, so then Chris is like, cheers, guys. Happy birthday again. And Amory's like, thank you guys so much. I love that Crystal gets like, you know, everybody has to put their dick riding pants on at the Magic Mike show. And Anna Marie's like, hey, here's your party with Hawaii in a bottle. Because like, when I'm here at places like this, I think this is how I want to live. Just like this. Quiet. Away from everybody. Ha <laughs> ha. And Kyle does that weird like, ha ah. ha. And Anna Marie's like, I would like it a little bit. <laughs> then I'd get bored. And Garso's, yeah, me too. Kyle and I talking heads like, I will always have a love for Los Angeles, but I just don't feel as connected to it as I used to. Now, Blaine brings a bottle of red wine and pours. He's like, I love this one again with Italian food and especially pizza. I love it. It's delicious. And son's like, well, I love a pizza. I got my big old, big old jug, my big old Sutton jug and get some pizza. I love it. We could get a karaoke machine. I'd be in heaven. Kyle continues in a talking head. And the things that make me happier, being outside, running by the river, trying on big Mumford and Son hats at Kimosabi, hiking with my dog. And they show us pictures of all of these things. Kyle in a gondola in Aspen in 2023 wearing her ski garb. Kyle on a kayak in a river surrounded by mountains, wearing her cowboy hat and shorts. Everything's a hat pick. Kyle in a talking head goes, so one day when Porsche's done with school, I'm going to choose some place to live that is more conducive to what brings me happiness. Blaine, the sommelier is like, so we have lunch ready for you guys. The chef's going to be out shortly. I'll lead you out this way. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. And this song plays feeling good, feeling fine. We pop bottles every day and night. And the ladies move to this large grassy area near a pool uh, to a table under umbrellas, like, to, you know, for shade. And the table has name place settings and a planned menu, which includes uh, the Primo, which is local red wine marinated chicken with mushroom and gray air cream spinach. The Cantaro, winter greens with balsamic syrup. The Sec- Secondo, the goat cheese risotto with asparagus ware blank, and the dolce, Italian chocolate tiramisu with coconut raspberry maple cream. Now, Chef William comes out with a sous chef holding a platter, and he's like, we're going to start out with an Ojai Vineyard red wine marinated mushroom with a cave-aged guayer spinach stuffing, and Anna Marie's like, that's beautiful. Oh my God, that's so yummy, and they're all excited. Now, Kyle's like, okay, guys, so we're going to play a game. This is Girls' Night Out Table Topics. And I will say there is something disappointing being 13 seasons into a show and still having to do the card game of like, we can't have conversations on our own. So we're going to pull out a game. Anybody like Monopoly? Like it's like that kind of conversation starter. And I just feel like we should be beyond this point. I'm sorry if I'm a negative Nelly right now, but it's just, you know, and also I want to go back to Kyle's comment about uh, potentially moving out of Los Angeles into like, you know, being like a Unabomber in the woods or something. And I just like, that sounds great. And I understand what Kyle's saying, but at the same time, I'm sorry, but they don't have a Louis Vuitton in like, like the, the middle of the woods. They barely have a Wi-Fi signal. I just don't know if Kyle is truly ready for that. I think it's one of those nice things that you see on a postcard and you're like, what if I did into the wild? I don't know. Anyways, Kyle holds up a card and Anna Marie reads it and says, lick someone's toe. And Garcelle's like, hell no. And Kyle's like, Crystal, Kyle takes up her shoe and sticks her foot in Crystal's face. 
uh, who is next to her. And Crystal turns her head away and says, like, well, I'll do it. I'll do I'm going I had a big sip of my jug. I'm going to put your toe in my mouth, I say. I say. And Anna Marie's like, I've been watching you and Kyle. And Sutton gets up and walks around to where Kyle's sitting. And Crystal's like, what are you doing? And it's like, no, no. Sutton quickly touches her tongue on Kyle's foot. All the ladies scream and laugh and make faces. And then there's like some erotic sax music. Like, no, it's just everybody's like giggle Gertie. And Sutton and a talking head's like, well, this is the cow that I love. I feel like, oh gosh, we're finally getting there again. Cause she's so funny. She's like carrot top. So fun. And we're so goofy together. I say, I say. I love that. It's like, this is the cow I love. Let me suck on her toes. You know, maybe put a phalange or two in my mouth. The guy's like, okay, you guys, Sutton's a freak. She's like a freak in the morning, a freak in the evening, a freak at supper time. And Dreet's like, it wasn't even a clean toe. <laughs> Kyle's dirty. She gave you Kyle's dirty toe. <laughs> Who knows where that toe's been? Is Maurice, are you still putting toes in Maurice Hill's bottom? <laughs> Sutton finishes in a talking head. She's like, I regret nothing. Hey, by the way, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if Sutton wasn't able to Sutton, oh, oh my God, I put Kyle's toe in my mouth and my small esophagus almost cut it off. Oh, she. Kyle reads another card and goes, it says, give your best O face. <laughs> give your best orgasm. And Reed's like, we all go around doing Oz. And Gross says like, do it if you just saw the Birkin of your life. And Dreet gives this sexual moan. And she's like, and then Garcelle in a talking head exhales sharply. Oh my God, we're having a pleasant time. Everybody's having a good time. It's fun. Can we keep it like this? Dorit to Crystal goes, let me see. And Crystal now does her O face. And she makes a face like, she's like, makes a face like she's pooping. She's like, that's her getting a purse face. And Dorit's like, oh, Crystal. And Garcelle's like, that scares me. That does scare me as well. And Crystal's like, in a great way. And Sutton looking down is like, no. Sutton reads the next card and it's like, well, okay, this is my call. What is appropriate for husbands when communicating with other women on the, the uh, social media apps? I'll say, I'll say. And Dorit's like, you're not supposed to be communicating with other women on social media. And Anna Marie's like, I agree. And Kyle's like, I, I've had a fight with Mo over that. I hate that stuff. And Crystal looks up sharply at Sutton. And Kyle's like, liking people's photos, following people. You don't do that. And Garcelle's like, yeah. Colin and talking head goes, Mo gets a lot of DMs from women. They don't care that he's married and they're always the aggressor. And it just makes you realize there's really a lot of fucking assholes out there. Now, this is really kind of clued in on something, right? Like, it's very interesting, like saying that Mo gets a lot of this, but also saying that Mo follows them back and likes their photos as well. So it seems like this is an issue. But also what's interesting about this is the opinion of they don't care that he's married and they're always the aggressor. So she's putting the onus on the women and not Mo. And I think that's an interesting little tidbit right there. And Sutton's like, well, but what does communicate mean? And Garcelle's like, DMing. And Garcelle's like, well, it's not just DMing. That's like, no, 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 no. But also, you don't have to follow every single person and like all their photos. Yeah, I don't like that at all. At all. I wonder if Kyle's liked every one of Morgan Wade's photos. Like, also, didn't Kyle say that she slid into Morgan Wade's DMs first? That's how they met. 
So <laughs> it's interesting. Um, staff arrives with this beautifully frosted birthday cake. And Lauren's like, I hear there's a birthday in the house. And Anna Marie's like, oh, you guys. And says like, oh, my God, look yummy. And Anna Marie's like, oh, my God, you guys, the cutest. And she blows out her birthday candles. And Anna Marie's like, this is so cute, you guys. And Kyle's like, and Kyle out of nowhere after they're cutting the cake, she's like, would you ever date a woman? And Crystal looks around the table. And Dorit takes a swig of her wine. She's like, <coughs> spit take. And Dorit and her tongue head's like, where in the hell did this come from? And Sutton and her talking head's like, well, that's a weird question to ask randomly. And then she takes this micropod and she's like, my cousin's a lesbian. <laughs> well, um, my cousin's a lesbian. Uh, you know. I'm a mom's side, third cousin removed. I say, I say, she wears a lot of sweater vests, listen to Indigo Girls, you know, Galileo head was on the block, you know, that kind of stuff. I say, it's a little Tory Amos, you know, just really found herself. I love her, one of my favorite cousins, but yeah, she is a lesbian. She's lesbianic, I say. I say. But anyway, I love that these, Dorit especially, is like, what? Who? What are you talking about? This is disgusting. Well, Sutton laughs and puts her hand. She's like, oh, no, I've never, I've never, I would never date a woman. And Kyle's like, you wouldn't date a woman? Sutton's like, no, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a board of the American Ballet Company, Kyle. I own two minor league baseball teams. You think I can be out there all scissor kicking with some other lady? Are you out of your damn mind? I can't even get rubbed on at a Magic Mike show. I say, I say, please, Kyle. And then Kyle's like, would you? To Garcelle. And Garcelle goes, you know, sorry, I said Garza goes, you know, there are times I think about it, if I'm going to be honest. And Crystal asks Kyle, would you? Which is what Kyle once asked. And Kyle goes, uh, yep, maybe, yeah. I wish Kyle had like busted out a cigarette at this point. I'd be like, you know, I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad girl. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Love's love. You know what I'm saying? A touch is a touch, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, okay. Anyway, so Kyle says this, and Garcelle and I talking to goes, Kyle, a few years ago, was like shocked that we would have threesomes or talk about making out with women. And we get a flashback to 2020 at Denise's party. Denise, the party that she freaked out about with her daughters. And Garcelle's like, I had a threesome a long time ago um, with, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was just trying to think of the most random pairing of like. With one of the Wayans brothers and uh, Secretary 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 of Defense Colin Powell. No, she's like I had a threesome a long time ago, and Kyle's like I've never done a girl thing, never done a girl thing. That was in 2020, and Garcelle continues in the talking head, and now she's open to a relationship with a woman. I don't know much, but I think there's a country song somewhere in there, which is like a jab at Morgan Wade of like, yeah. I'm going to have a relationship with a woman. Kyle goes, when I was in college with my friends, a question came up about scissoring. And Anna Marie's like, what's that? And Crystal laughs and puts her fingers together in a connecting scissor motion. And Garcelle's like, like 69? And Kyle's like, Dorit, should we show him? And Dorit's like, yes, of course. I secretly think Dorit is in love with Kyle. So like Dorit, like, oh my God, yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you. I would love to scissor with you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought you would never ask. 
please, I will scissor with you anytime, anywhere, please, yes, oh my god, please. And uh, Kyle's like, okay, you know. Kyle gets up and she's like, it's like this. And Garcelle's like, oh, wow. And Dorit lays down on the ground on her side and lifts her top leg up straight in the air. And Kyle gets on the ground and (laughs) Juliana wrote these notes. She goes, tucks her V into Dorit's V. (laughs) Well, son, let me tell you about love. It's when one lady tucks her V into another V. And then... (laughs) <laughs> they just they use the natural friction that God creates. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 13 years old. Anyways, Chris was like, "Someone take a picture and then put it on Reality Von T's as blackmail." And Garcelle's like, "Well, I'm not impressed." And Sun's like, "Well, that was just having sex. I'm sorry. I love that." Sun's like, "Well, wait, scissoring? Oh, I, oh my God! This whole time I thought that was sex. What I've been doing is scissoring. Oh, geez, oh geez." Kyle's like. Where are the cards to this wonderful game that I love so much? And Reed's like, Kyle's like, last card. <laughs> Make sure you stick your tongue in the person to the left's mouth. And Kyle cracks up because I think there's a little bit of relief here that Kyle kind of ripped the bandaid off and kind of just brought up the notion of potentially sapphic love. And suddenly's like, well, I'll do it. What we do? I'll, I'll put my tongue in somebody's mouth. I don't care. Santos ain't here. I'm not embarrassed nothing. This is a girl's night out. Kyle pointing to Dorit, Dorit's like, she's on your left. Okay, put your tongue in her mouth. And Sun's like, okay, you don't got to tell me twice. And Sun gets up and Garcelle's like, seriously? And Anna Marie's laughing. Dorit's like, no, no. And Crystal's taking a video. Sutton stands over Dorit and Kyle holds Sutton's hair back. Sutton sticks her tongue out fully and goes down to Dorit while Dorit tries to back away. Sutton touches Dorit's lip and Dorit's shoulders. Oh no, <laughs> Sutton touches Dorit's lip and Dorit shudders. woo and Dorit screams, ah, she touched me. She touched me. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And Kyle's cracking up and Marie's cracking up. Dorit dabs her tongue with her napkin. And she's like, that's so gross. Suddenly they're talking about it's like, you know, well, you know, the same goes. You work hard, you play hard. Well, well, I say, I say, we fight hard and then we play hard. And we, we always somehow get to a point where we have so much fun and we remember how much we really like each other, how close we are. And this, this is what I love about this group. I say, I say, and suddenly the scene goes, well, I thought I was going through on you, Dorit. And Kyle's like, Anyways, so you guys, Tuesday's my celebration of a life event, honoring my best friend, Lorene, who passed away, but I want it to be like happy and nice. And, you know, my friend Morgan Wade's going to be playing. And Garcelle's like, well, thank you for the invite. And Anna Marie's like, thank you for having us. Kyle and I talking to Ed's like having this event for Lorene and being able to share stories about her. It just feels like the right way to honor her. And Garcelle goes, well, obviously, Kyle, sorry for your loss. And Kyle's like, happy birthday to you. And Anna Marie's like, thank you, guys. I want to say, too, thank you to all of you. You guys have been so warm and so welcoming. 41, woohoo. And Sun's like, well, just a few steps closer to 50. And Anna Marie's like, yay. And that scene fades out. That's the big... That's the big opening montage, if it were, you know? Uh, next scene, we're over at Garcelle's house, and her two boys, the two boys that are like 15 and 16, that are think they're like grown-up men, they come in, they're all ungrateful, trying to get a bowl of cereal, even though Garcelle's making some lasagna, 
and they're all just dancing around her. And she's like, Hey, I feel like my window with the boys is so small right now that they're in the 10th grade. They're going to be looking in colleges. They're about to fly the coop and it's going to be an adjustment. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle it really. And get it. I mean, my mom went through this. I'm sure so many mothers go through this. It just sucks. And then watching how us dudes, us little shits, treat our moms at that age is wild. Because they'll they'll regret this. They'll watch this back and go, oh my God, I can't believe this. I can't believe how good we had it. Why didn't we just sit there and hang out with our moms more? Uh, so in the scene, Garcelle's like, okay, so Jade comes in my room last night and he goes, can I have Ashlyn sleep over? Ashlyn is this guy's little girlfriend. And Jax is like, oh yeah, she's hating, bro. She is hating crazy. And Jade's like, she's hating, bro. And Garcelle's like, of course I'm going to hate. And Jax is like, what's going to happen? And Jade's like, I'm not going to lie, mom. And Jax is like, you think you're going to have another grandkid? And Garcelle laughs and goes, don't even start this. And Jade is like, this sounds like hater mentality. And I'm like, Jade and Jax, this sounds like you're grounded. How dare you call Garcelle a hater? So Garcelle and the talking head's like, uh, hello, sex. I don't want them having sex. It's too soon. It's too early. It's too young. And they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to scissor like our good friend Kyle and Dorit. So Garcelle's like, what are you going to do when she sleeps over? And Jade's like, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to make food. And Jax is like, have sex. And Jade laughs and goes, oh, okay. And Garcelle goes over and hugs Jax. And Jax is like, hey, 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 talk to him. I'm not the one doing it. And Jade looks at Jax like, brah. And Garcelle's like, okay, okay. Since you brought it up, let's talk about sex. And both Jade and Jax fall over in their chairs. And they're like, oh, my God, mom. Garcelle in the talking head says, even though they're like 6'2", 6'3", in height, I mean, they're massive. They're still little boys, you know, and sometimes I forget that. So seeing them giggle and squirm and not want to talk about sex is really age appropriate. So Garcelle's like, can we talk about sex? Can we talk about sex, baby? Can we talk about you and me? Do you remember Salt and Pepper? Oh my God. I, you kids. Oh man. Salt and Pepper were the best. Anyways, go, go check out Salt and Pepper's greatest hits. Garcelle's is like, what do you know about sex? And Jax is like, I'm not going to sit here and tell my mother what I know about sex. And Jade is howling, laughing, busting up. And Jax is like, you really think you're about to have this conversation? Because you got me. Ah. And Garcelle's like, I want you to be responsible. No means no. Consent means everybody has to agree. I don't want to be a grandmother anytime soon. And Jade makes a loud burp. He's like, Bleh. and Garcelle makes a swipe at Jade. Both boys howl and roar. And that's a good rule of thumb. If you're talking about sex with your mom and you belch when she says she doesn't want you to get anybody pregnant, yeah, that means you're not ready to be a father. And Garcelle's like, all right, I'm done. I'm so over it. You guys just got here and I have you for a whole week. I'm good. <laughs> I'm so good. Uh, that was a really nice scene. So it's evening and we are to a not nice scene. We're over at Dorit's and PK. And Dorit's like, honey. And PK's like, what's going on, honey? And Dorit's like, We've got Sarah coming any minute. And PK's like, have you heard from her? Is she going to be here? And Dorit's like, yes, she's going to be here any minute, Bobs. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And PK's like, okay. And Dorit's like, honey, we're going to have to sit outside even with the bugs because I just put the kids, little Jagaloo and Phoenix, to sleep. And I just don't want to take any chances with them coming down, you know? And PK's like, okay, okay. And Dorit's like, are you feeling open and focused? He's like, yeah. And Dorit's like, 
you know, because I'm really happy that you are agreeable. Now, this is their therapist, you guys. And the doorbell rings and PK is like, oh, it's uh, it's uh. And Dorit's like, okay, go get it, Bubba. So Dr. Sarah, wait, you know, quietly gives another knock on the door. Dorit rounds the corner towards the front door to get Dr. Sarah and sees PK standing at the counter eating some pizza. And she stops. She's like, are you freaking kidding me, PK? And he's like, shush, baby. I've got to eat. I've got to, I've got to eat some pizza and some crisps. And <laughs> shush, baby. I've got to eat. And Dorit's like, you said that's her. And you stopped off to have a piece of pizza? Oh, my God, PK, you are one of a kind. So Dorit's therapist still waiting at the door and probably hearing all of this. Dorit opens the door and says, I just want you to know that this man left you waiting at the door so he can have more pizza pie. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And Dr. Sarah hugs Dorit and then hugs PK. Now, listen, wait, our therapist supposed to hug you? My therapist never hugged me. And also some of the, it's online therapy, but they don't even make an effort even online to be like, you know, just like a kind of a hand motion. Like there's none of that shit. What kind of therapist is this? So Dr. Sarah's like, well, how are you? And Dorit's like, hi, sweetie pie. Also, I don't call my therapist sweetie pie. They're like, hi, how are you? Like, there's no like, what's up, toots? You know, uh, Dorit and I talking heads like, my biggest issue is after the home invasion. I really needed PK around, and he was traveling all the time. He wasn't here for me, not physically and not emotionally, really. And we get a flashback to 2022, where Dorit and PK are in a scene, and Dorit's like, I'm off to Aspen. You're off to London. And he's like, yeah, but don't call me in the middle of the night in London. And Dorit's like, I can't promise that, Bubba. And PK's like, saying, Come and get me, PK. And Dorit's like, I can't promise that. You know, everything's terrible. Come and get me. I cannot promise that, PK. Well, you did that in Mexico. And Dorit's like, I know, and you didn't come get me. Flashback to two months earlier while having Kyle over for salad and pizza. Remember that at the beginning of the season? Uh, a lot of pizza in this family. Dorit's like, I wasn't myself because of the putsta. The PTSD and my husband was spending a lot of time in London. I started to feel like PK and I weren't connected. And then Dorit and the talking heads like the passes, the patience, those are now used up. It's time for him to show up. People, Bobby, boop, boop, boop. And then they settled themselves outside in the back patio. That's the other thing. Therapist in a fucking back patio. It needs to be in a tight, enclosed space where you're uncomfortable. Um, Dreet's like, the reason why I really wanted to have this session with the three of us is because I feel like you don't quite understand, PK, the severity of the putsta for me, and largely in part, the surprise element. Flashback to six weeks earlier to Dorit's surprise pretty woman anniversary date when she was overcome with panic. Remember that? Dorit was like, who's taking care of the kids, Kyle? Does anybody know anything? And Kyle's like, well, we'll get to that point. I know, but I need to know because I get anxiety. And Dorit says, I tried to tell you, um, and you just had a reaction that was very defensive, PK. Flashback to that surprise anniversary date as they ate dinner that night. And Dorit in that scene is like, you think this just happens? There's a lot of effort that goes into dressing a certain way, looking a certain way. And PK's like, to be honest with you, I think maybe I'm not going to bother with surprises anymore. Now, in this scene, PK's like, 
Does Putsta require you to discuss it there and then? Is that PTSD? And Dreed's like, that's a really shitty, shitty thing that you're saying. No, no, I'm interested. I'm asking, is it? And Dr. Sarah's like, I don't think it's shitty. He's really, you know, he's saying her timing was off. And Dreed's like, that's exactly what he's saying. And Dr. Sarah's like, hear me out though. Her timing was off. Couldn't she table that? And PK's like, there isn't a freaking husband in the world that would have taken kindly to what she said when she said it. After what I just done, do you understand? I felt a little bit of a fuck you. And Dr. Sarah's like, PTSD is born in anxiety, right? It's nothing to do. Good surprise, bad surprise, you know, horrible pretty woman surprise where you have the band Berlin sing a song from the Top Gun movie soundtrack, even though you're doing a pretty woman surprise. You know, it has nothing to do with that. It's just something that catches you off guard. And so your instinct is to walk around ready for something horrible to happen all the time. Does that feel? And it's like, perfection, Sarah. And Dr. Sarah's like, okay, did that make sense? And PK's like, there are elements I understand. There are also elements I don't consider are put stuff. PTSD. I don't. I consider them more obnoxious. Flashback to the surprise anniversary day where Dorit's like, Honey, I want to know why you couldn't get the presidential suite. And then Dorit going, Karina, do you have the Beverly Beach bronzer? And then Karina's Dorit's makeup artist is like, No, I don't have it with me. And Dorit's like, That I need. It would look a lot better if I'm bronzed. And PK in this scene is like, The reality is, when does high maintenance blend with putster? And Dorit in the talking head's like, one of the things I fell in love with PK when I first met him was his wallet. <laughs> no, he could let go of things so easily. That's what I loved. And I feel like in the last few years, he's definitely gotten more harsh with me. A little mean sometimes, like go low. And I don't like that aspect. PK in the talking head, which by the way, PK in this scene compared to his talking head, looks very different. I don't know if this man got face work. I mean, he looks great in his talking head. It just looks very, very different. Uh, but good job, whatever you did. PK is like, when I first met Dorit, she was this bubbly, enthusiastic, beautiful girl. And she was not quite as high maintenance as she is now. And I ruined her. All right. No, he's like, you know, high maintenance as she is now. And Dorit's like, PK, you are. It's like you're reaching. I'm not reaching. No, genuinely, I'm trying to understand. We're talking about specifically certain triggers. It's like I'm a totally new person and I can do anything about it. Do you have any idea how difficult that is and what it's like to live with that? PK will not look at Dorit. You can tell he's thinking about the pizza inside the house. And Dr. Sarah's like, what do you want him to do in the future? If I tell him, PK, I'm not good. I'm really not good right now. I need him to understand like, uh-oh, she's having an episode of Putsta. I need to go comfort my wife. Dorit in the talking head says, in a marriage, these are the times that truly test your relationship, beep-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop. This particular bad time where I need PK, and it's not the other way around. He's coming up really short. Now, PK in the talking head's like, Dealing with your pressures of having to manage your career and your job and travel and keep the missus happy is always a challenge. You know, something has to give. I try and balance it, but maybe I don't balance it as well as I should or could. And this isn't a one-sided thing. We need to keep each other happy. And we need sometimes to be wrong. 
which has always been a challenge for Dorit. That's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of stuff coming out, and that's good. You know, a lot of truth, I think, on both sides. Um, but PK really not dancing around certain things that are not making him happy. And it was a little insensitive. I don't know. It's hard, right? I mean, it's not hard. It really is insensitive. But at the same time, he has his own feelings on the matter. But at the same time, it just feels like, you know, he is not respecting. He's not respecting her or he's done, you know, he's done listening. It feels like sometimes. And that's the scary part. Uh, so in this scene, he's like, I don't know why you think I wouldn't want to understand it. It's helpful to me as well as you. So, of course, I want to understand it. you got to give me a chance to understand it. And you got to also try and articulate it just a little calmer and a little less irritated by it. Do you understand? Because I'm not seeking to irritate you. I'm seeking to understand you. It makes me emotional because you know I'm okay with it. And it's like... Bubba, baby, but why? I don't understand, baby. And PK's tearing up, and Dorit moves right next to PK. And PK's like, because it's very difficult when you love someone and listen to how much pain you're in. And Dorit's like, I want to hear. Is there something to with, with, with women when your man, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever, when they cry? Is that attractive in a sense? When, you know, like Iron John men open up um, you know, me, I cry all the time. So that's like, you know, that's a given, but like for other dudes, is that attractive to women? Cause it is like, Dorit's like, Ooh, tell me more. Dorit and they're talking to like, what I need for PK is not only to get a better grasp of what I'm going through to want to be there for me. If we can do that together, him and I will succeed. If he can't, I don't know what the future holds, which I want to remind you is that their, you know, real problems where we started hearing about them came after the filming of this season. So it only got worse. So PK's like, before the putsta, you take a long time to say something. I'm always going to get a little bit frustrated with that. It's not all the time, my love, right? Just to let you know, it really isn't. I mean, you are super sweet when you're asleep. And then PK winks at Dr. Sarah like, hey, hey, did you lock the jab I gave her? I'm saying a woman needs to shut her mouth, right? She's only right when she's sleeping. Am I right, Dr. Sarah? And Dorit's like, fuck off, PK. And PK laughs. Oh, 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 oh. And Dorit's like, idiot. And then Dr. Sarah laughs and the scene ends. Uh-oh. And then we go to the beautiful celebration of Life Day. And Kyle is getting glammed up at her house. Kyle to her stylist are like, I sent Portia a voice text of what I wanted to say tonight. And she sent me a text back saying, mom, I can barely understand any of this. I just want to honor her, my friend, to speak to who she is. And I'm just trying to pull this up against Scott. Don't be offended. Scott, who didn't bring her point tail up high enough? Not at all. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Scott's right there, stylist, and didn't bring her ponytail up high enough. Um, at Sun's house where she is getting glammed and Sun's like, well, this is a very special night. I say, I say, hopefully my lashes will stay on. And then it's Anna Marie's turn and we see her with eyeliner, her eye with eyeliner around it. Um, that's all they showed. And that pretty much is the most fascinating thing. Anne Marie's been featured in this season. Garcelle talking to her glam team at her house. And it's like for tonight, I think, you know, it's a time for Kyle to celebrate her friend and raise some funds. Um, you know, it's just, we, we just, we got to do this for her. And then Kyle, get this. She is in the car with, um, uh, what's her name? Oh gosh. She was like, she's got a podcast 
with the how she's got a really she got a successful plug. It's mm, Treddy, Freddie. She's with Freddie, Freddie Mellencamp. Kyle's in a car with Freddie, and she's being driven to the event location. And Kyle's like, "Hey Siri, call Morgan Wade." And Siri's like, "Please, Kyle, it's getting obsessive. I do not want to call Morgan Wade. It's too much already. What's the deal with you guys? Is it just friendship, or is it something more? Do you understand why me, Siri, would be confused because you spend so much time talking to her?" And uh, Kyle in a talking head goes, there are people I speak to every single day, no matter what. Freddie and Morgan are two of those people. Everything is discussed. So Kyle's, I mean, mean, this isn't funny, but Kyle, Kyle's two most important people in her life are Freddie Mellencamp and Morgan Wade. That's, that's the top two. That's the, the, the two big teammates. So Morgan gets in the car with Kyle and Freddie and Kyle's like, you look nice. And Freddie's like, you look pretty. And Kyle's like, don't tell her too much. She'll get a big ego. And then Morgan's like, oh, hell, oh, hell. And Kyle's looking at her. He goes, I like that color on your eyes. (laughs) Kyle, so juvenile. Kyle continues in a talking head. Friends, husbands, siblings, works, complaints, celebrations, everything. I tell them everything. They show a photo of Kyle and Freddie and Morgan traveling together on a private jet. This is the funny thing, right? So I was thinking about this too, of like uh, the twat, the the Freddie and the Tamara, the twats pod, right? Is, you know, kind of, they do a very similar thing as Reality Von Tees. It's just that they use their actual names. But they talk shit about so many housewives. And I mean, it's just funny. And also, I think it's interesting because Freddie, so Freddie definitely has the answers here. Freddie definitely knows 100% what's going on with Morgan and Kyle. And Freddie is a true good friend to Kyle because she has not revealed that. And she has feigned ignorance. But she knows. Period. She knows. There is so much willful disbelief with Kyle where she'll just blatantly lie to everybody. And I know she's doing it because it makes her life easier. And because she thinks it's the right thing to do. I get it. I I really do get that, but it is interesting. Um, so we're back in the car. Uh, Morgan's like, where did you get that pinky ring? Kyle? And Kyle's like, I'll take you there. Can I see it? And Kyle's like, are you going to give it back to me? Yeah, I don't want yours. It's nasty. You should wash your hands. And then Morgan puts the ring on her pinky and we just never see that ring again. Morgan's own. No, Morgan's like, you have a gigantic pinky, Kyle. And Kyle's like, well, let me get it back. And Freddie's like, it probably wouldn't fit over my knuckles. (laughs) I've got a big old fat knuckle. Freddie fat knuckles. Okay, two things about me. I have a successful podcast and I got fat fucking knuckles. (laughs) 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 Oh shit, your friend Freddy's got fat knuckles. (laughs) Knuckle deep. Sorry. <laughs> so they arrive at Lavo and they enter the room. Sorry, they enter the room where the, 
This is serious. <laughs> the room looks really pretty. <laughs> sorry, Morgan goes up. Oh, sorry. Hey, stop it. Morgan goes up on a small stage to check out the setup where she'll play. And Clint, the guitarist, goes, try to give you one that they both do a little singing on. You want to take me away? And they practice, you know. And Kyle's friend and personal assistant, Jen, is like, Here's how it's going to go. People are going to come in. We're going to have past drinks. You're going to speak. Suddenly, Morgan sings and drowns out what Jen is saying. And Kyle puts her hand up for Jen to stop talking. She's like, oh, my go- oh my goodness, just one second. Oh, Freddie, big fat knuckles. You hearing this? You know, Kyle sings along with Morgan. You take off those clothes you wear. And Kyle walks away to go to the stage to watch Morgan sing. It is like she is in a trance. I am sorry, man. Let's fucking like, let's do this, man. Let's date. Let's fucking bring this out into the open. Also, I don't, I mean, I truly don't care. I do really want Kyle to be happy, but also I don't know. I don't know if it's subconscious, fully conscious, whatever, but it does look like they both really dig each other. It looks like Kyle is insanely smitten. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Morgan sings, Hand in my hair, and you said I look pretty. Rode in from the Windy City, yeah. And Kyle and I talking about it's like initially I was drawn to Morgan by her music, but now I like <laughs> Morgan's. Morgan's lyrics really spoke to me because she's just so raw and open and honest, just putting it all out there. And then the lyric, you guys, is. You said I'm too young for you. You're scared I'm too right for you. And if anybody's a big math uh, freak out there, I did the math and there's a huge age difference. Um, uh, Morgan Wade is way younger than Kyle. So listen, these lyrics could be about Kyle. But Kyle's just standing there smiling at Morgan, kind of like, Ah, man, no way. I'm t- yeah, yeah, we're just the right ages for each other. Kyle continues in a talking head and goes, and I admire that in someone, especially someone who has struggled with that myself. I appreciate that quality in someone. And Kyle in the scene goes, I've got to work on my speech. I'm very stressed. She sits on a sofa and Morgan joins her and Kyle's like, I'm too nervous to read it to you now. And Morgan's like, well, let me read it. And Kyle's like, no, because there's too many typos. I can't let you see the typos. And Morgan's like, I wouldn't make fun of you, Kyle. And then Morgan stares and smiles at Kyle. And Kyle just melts. And she's like, what? I'm so anxious. You know, I really don't. I don't know if I can do it. I'm not kidding you. And Morgan's like, you got it, Kyle. And the guests begin to arrive. Uh, Kyle's daughter, Portia, Sophia, Alexia, Farah, her sister, Kim. We get another Kim appearance. Faye Resnick, Camille, Anna Marie, Garcelle. Kyle's posing for photos with everyone. Pulls Morgan into a photo with Kim. With Kim. Now, they flash a quick shot of Freddie Fat Knuckles standing there and then immediately go to Garcelle in a talking head with Garcelle purposely swatting away imaginary bucks flying at her and goes, oh, sorry, it's a gnat. And she smiles. <laughs> Garcelle hugs Faye and it's like, hi. And then Freddie's like, hi. And Garcelle's like, how are you? And Freddie's like, good. The Nat is back. And Garcelle smiles. And Garcelle and Italian goes, not only is she annoying, she refers to herself as the Nat. <laughs> Flashback to 2020 with the producer asking Garcelle and Italian Ed. The producer's like, what's the deal with Freddie? And Garcelle's like, I don't know. She's kind of annoying for no reason. Like a little Nat.
Garcelle in the present day talking head goes, I mean, I rest my case, Your Honor. Um, she shakes her head and chuckles. And then Kyle greets Anna Marie. You look stunning. And Anna-Marie's like, I'm excited. How do you feel? And Kyle's like, anxious. It's going to be a good night. And then Sutton arrives. Reed arrives. Kyle greets them. And then Kyle and the talking head goes, my daughters are my best friends in the world. They always give me the best advice. They are there for me. They listen to me. I don't know what I would do without them. It feels good to be able to lean on them sometimes after raising them all these years. Guess what? Now I need you a little bit. And I do think this is cool. I do think Kyle's got such a strong family relationship. And I, I do think it's interesting that I do think her daughters are probably here, even though it is probably an insanely rough time for them loving both of their parents. Now, Kyle hugs Sugar, Lorraine, her best friend who passed away, her mother. And it's like, oh, you look beautiful. And he was like, Sugar's like, thank you so much. This is hard. And Kyle's like, I know. And then Sugar's like, is Mauricio going to be here? And Kyle's like, he's out of town. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah. And Kyle's like, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. Kyle in a talking head says, Mo can't be here because he had to go out of town for business. You know, had this been a few years ago, I would have really relied on him on a night like tonight. And that's another really telling thing, a very sad thing to hear. And it just shows us how life does change, you know, and it's weird. I, I think about that a lot. I think about those times, you know, you know, even in relationships that don't end up working out is that, you know, you had good times in those relationships, right? You had those moments where you're like, oh yeah, during that period of time, I really needed this person. And it's hard when you sometimes break out of those feelings and that relationship and how, how life changes. And I think I look at everything with a tinge of sadness anyways. Um, but you can sometimes really kind of trip out on that and get really in your feelings about, you know, questioning why time does that, you know, what, you know, that, that people can only be here for sometimes a small amount in your life and they can mean something so deep at the time. And then, uh, you know, five, 10 years later, it's just, it doesn't mean what it did mean at some time. And you're like, Oh, I always thought I would feel those emotions. It's a, it's a mind fuck, right? Anyways. Um, Garcelle's like, Kyle, are you okay? And Kyle hugs Garcelle. It's like, that's Lorraine's mom. She's having a hard day. Obviously Garcelle and I talking to that says Kyle coming alone to the event without Mo says a lot about where her relationship is. And maybe he's not trying to hide it after all. And Garcelle to Kyle on this scene goes, all right, hang in there. And Kyle's like, I hope I can get through my speech. Garcelle joins Crystal and Anna Marie in the sofa seating area. And Garcelle and Anna Marie exchange pleasantries. Um, and uh, Anna Marie's like, they're talking about the kids. And Anna Marie's like, you guys, not to change the subject, but Sutton, you guys know her the best, right? And Garcelle laughs like, ha, ha, ha. And Anna Marie's like, you guys are the closest with her. Her small esophagus. Am I right? And Crystal rolls her eyes. Garcelle stares, stares at Crystal. And Anna Marie's like, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but it's driving me bananas. B-A-N-N-A-N-A or however you spell it. And Garcelle's like, okay, I have a question for you. Why do you care? Garcelle and I talking heads like, I don't think it's very Beverly Hills to be talking about someone's esophagus. And then Anna Marie in the scene goes, I care because I'm in healthcare. Garcelle continues in a talking head. You talk about their jewelry. You talk about their bags. You talk about their ex-husbands. 
not their esophagus. You can even talk about their plastic surgery. That's okay. In the scene, Anna Marie's like, I scoured all my medical books. I went to work. And Garcelle's like, she asks questions. And Crystal just looks bored and disgusted. And Anna Marie's like, I asked anesthesiologists. I asked ENTs. They said, you can't say that to a layperson. But if you say that to someone in medicine, you look stupid. A small esophagus is not the reason. Did you have an eating disorder? Because a lot of acid reflux and Crystal gets triggered and interrupts. And she's like, so obviously, and Anna Marie's like, let me explain, let me explain. A lot of acid reflux or regurgitation can cause scar tissue in your throat. And Crystal's like, you're implying that she has an eating disorder. And Anna Marie's like, I'm not. For the record, these are Crystal words, Crystal's words, not mine. I never said that. And Crystal's like, you said eating disorder. No, I didn't. And the producers do a 20 second, you know, troll. And Anna Marie's like, if you have an eating disorder, Crystal and I talking heads like, Anna Marie, you are the one that said it. You need to own up to it. You are the biggest gaslighter. And I don't need to look up in my medical encyclopedia on what a gaslighter is. And Garcelle's like, this is a tricky conversation. And Anna Marie's like, all I said is that a narrow esophagus is not a medical diagnosis, period. That's all I said. <laughs> and Garcelle's like, I'm going to get something else to drink. Do you want anything? And Crystal's like, yeah, a bottle of tequila. Thank you. Bye. And then we go to Kyle and Kyle's like, I'm so not used to being that much taller than you. I think I guess I'll take my shoes off. Yeah, you like that better, right? Because she's with Morgan. And Morgan's like, <laughs> and then Sutton and Dorit are talking. Sutton's like, well, you got both of your parents, right? And Dorit's like, I do. And Sutton's like, well, of course, my dad's been dead for 20 years. And this is where she's talking about her dad's suicide. And that's trigger warning, you guys, that this you know next scene talks about this. Um, but she's like, suicide is really tough. And Dorit's like, I know. And Sutton's like, and it can splinter a family. You know, I think it really affected me as a daddy's girl. And we never addressed it as a family ever. Because remember, we've seen Sutton's mom in these scenes. And there is a coldness about Sutton's mom when talking about the dad, especially. Sutton in a talking head goes, my father was 62 years old when he committed suicide. I lived with that guilt for a long time. Then I tried to figure out why he did this. We put him in a hospital twice. You have to learn to let that go. Then Garcelle walks up to them and goes, girl, and Sutton's like, what? Garcelle gives her an uh-oh stare, and Sutton's like, what now? No. And Dorit's like, what happened? And Garcelle's like, Anna Marie is coming for you. Why? Your small esophagus? And Dorit eyes, Dorit's like, zoinks. And Sutton's like, well, not tonight. No, no, no. Dorit in the tongue and head's like, Garcelle loves to strike a match and throw it on the flames, and then walk away. And that's exactly what she's doing with Sutton right now. I do want to remind people, two episodes ago, episodes ago or even the beginning of last week's episode, um, Dorit was doing the same thing. Erica was like, okay, you know, okay, shit star. Because Dorit was like, oh, did you fix that uh, issue with uh, Denise yet? And Denise was right there. And everybody does the same kind of behavior. Sutton's like, well, does she know that my dad committed suicide? I'm an ambassador for NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. She better fucking stay the fuck away from me. Not tonight. All right, Sutton. We see Kyle's daughter giving her a hug. And Alexis is like, mom, I'm so proud of you. We see Morgan say to Dorit, hey, how are you? <laughs> I bet you jelly because Kyle loves me. I heard, you're a, I heard you're a shitty scissor partner. And Dorit and talking heads like, I met Morgan about two years ago. It was before Kyle and Morgan got super close. We were all in London, and we had a dinner for Mauricio's birthday. Morgan stuck out like a sore thumb. You really didn't understand the connection, but, huh, very nice. Really, really shady comment right there. But also, I didn't realize Morgan was in her life for that long. Like, two years ago. Like, what? And 
when her and Mauricio were still okay. Like, wow. It kind of like Morgan's working the long game here. Morgan's like, I didn't recognize you. I keep forgetting Dorit. And Dorit's like, I mean, I changed it six months ago. I needed it. And Morgan's like, no, it looks really good though. Her, her hair color. Dorit and I talking to it's like, come to think of it. The dinner we had in London with Kyle and Mo was really one of the last times that we were together with Kyle and Mo as a couple. I love Dorit subtly, subtly like putting it out there of like, maybe Morgan made her move after that night. She saw me around Kyle and wanted me out of the picture because I was the number one threat. <laughs> Morgan holding a fruit, fruit skewer is like, there's got to be a better way to eat this and not like this. And she slides a piece of fruit off sideways the long way. And Kyle holds her fruit skewer up and tells Morgan, you can eat this one. Semi-erotic. Kyle feeds it to her. Morgan's like, you don't like cantaloupe. I think about that every time. Oh, God, they know each other's fruit tastes. Kyle holds up another bite. Here you go. I don't want that one either. And Kyle feeds it to Morgan. Dorita's watching and finds it peculiar. I wish PK would feed me cantaloupe. Whoa, I'm so jealous. Dorita talking to Ed's like, that's how rumors start. Fruit skewers. Kyle goes up to the mic and is like, is this thing on? Okay. And she's like, she's like, we're here tonight to honor my best friend, Lorraine Shea. And they show Lorraine's sister, Lisa, and daughters, Riley and Tatum, and mother, Sugar, and the crowd listening. And Kyle continues, it's the one-year anniversary of her passing. Suicide. It's such a difficult topic because nobody wants to talk about it, you know? And I want people to know that are struggling, that there are resources that they can reach out to. And I can guarantee you every single person in this room has struggled themselves or known someone who struggled or lost a loved one. We see Garcelle and Sutton sitting together and Garcelle is holding Sutton's hand. Sutton, our talking head says, I was supposed to be at my family's house at the exact time my father shot himself. And I lived for a long time thinking if only I had been there on time because I'm always late. We know this, but now I just miss him. And we see photos of Sutton's dad holding Sutton when she was born in 1972 and when she was married in 1990. And then Sutton is teary in this talking head and says, I miss that he's not seen my children. He'd be really, no, I also learned this. He is really proud of my children. He is really proud of me because he's still with us. Kyle continues, Lorraine and I met in second grade when we were both seven years old and we did not like each other at all. We would come out to the play yard and look at each other up and down and hurling insults at each other. I think I blocked out what Lorraine said about me making fun of me, but it was probably about being short or something because she was very tall and I would make fun of her pointy ears. And we see a photo of them at seven years old. You know, they grew up together and Kyle and I talking head says, we both were really stubborn. So if we had an argument, we both could not get ourselves to say sorry. So we had to come up with a word because saying I'm sorry was too difficult. So we would say Babalu. I do not know why we would say Babalu and then we could move on and go about our day. But God forbid one of us could say sorry. Kyle continues her speech. We went from that to being best friends. I am so grateful to have had Lorraine in my life and to have been her other half. And then back in the talking head, she says, two days before when I was talking to Lorraine, when she was talking to me, she said, you should always appreciate your marriage. I said, I will. So now we're having a hard time. I think I'm letting her down. That's a hard moment, right? That's got to be hard because there is a guilt associated that she is there. You know, her marriage isn't working and there is missing your friend and then guilt on top of that. 
because one of the last conversations you had with her was to say to always appreciate it. Now, I would say you could potentially reframe your thoughts there and say, I do appreciate it. I appreciate everything that we created, these businesses and these kids, a great deep appreciation for it. But it doesn't mean you need to settle or stay in something. Kyle nears the end of her speech and he says, as I hope everyone remembers Lorraine is a beautiful, energetic, positive, funny, smart, loving, devoted mom, wife, daughter, sister, and friend that she was. Dorit in their talking head says, I'm overcome with so much emotion because I know what Kyle's gone through this past year. I know what Kyle's gone through this past year. I know how much it devastated her. And it's really important for me that she knows I'm here for her. And Kyle finishes her speech. And tonight, you guys know we have a musical performance. Everybody, Morgan Wade. Kyle hugs Morgan. Morgan begins playing with her guitar. Kyle takes a seat to listen. Now, this is, that was very beautiful. I didn't want to do the voices. I wanted to respect it. Uh, the one big thing that stands out for me is the song that Morgan sings. These are some of the lyrics. If I could go let down my hair, would you take off those clothes you wear? Baby, hold me here tonight. So lay me down on the floor in the kitchen. Show my angry heart what I've been missing. Baby, take me away. And the whole song is, in fact, Maritza sent me the song lyrics uh, last night or we were talking about it in a group chat because uh, I was like, man, that is a weird song to play at this this event. It says, yeah, if I could let down my hair, would you take off those clothes you wear and hold me here tonight? If I can learn to trust someone, my heart, it's like a loaded gun. Tell me it will be all right. I've been looking for some peace of mind. And with you here, I think it's time. Lay me down on the floor in your kitchen. Show my angry heart what I've been missing. Baby, take me away. I'm so tired of being alone. Won't you rest my angry bones? Baby, take me away. I want to feel something. Take me away. I'm so good at resisting. Been putting up my best defenses, but I am growing weak. Baby, baby, lay me down. Take the words out of my mouth. I'm too tired to speak. The woman in me, she needs the lover in you. The woman in me, she needs the lover in you. I think you know what to do. Lay me down on the floor in the kitchen. Show my angry heart what I've been missing. Scissors, scissors. No, so baby, take me away. I'm so, so it keeps going and it's like, whoa, it's like, it's like a sexy song, dude. It's a sexy, sexy song. And I just feel, and by the way, Morgan Wade, beautiful voice, right? Great singer, obviously really good. And then we were going back and forth with lyrics. And then we came up. When I make love with you, you're quiet as a mouse. Even though you're someone who stole a goddamn house. And Medita had, I took your chemo sabi to buy you a hat. But instead I gave you a K tattoo. <laughs> Sorry. I, we, sometimes some things are so emotional you gotta laugh. I want to hear Morgan Wade go. It wasn't the the song. It wasn't me. And I hit it in the sofa. It wasn't me. Do 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 do. do. It wasn't me. <laughs> Banging sofa. Sorry. <laughs> Remember that song. It wasn't me. It wasn't. It wasn't me. Lyrics. Let's do it with the Morgan Wade boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Honey came in and she caught me red-handed, creeping with the girl next door. Picture this way, we're both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. How could I forget that I had given her an extra key? All this time she was standing there, she never took her eyes off me. 
but you caught me on the counter. It wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. It wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. It wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. It wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. It wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. It wasn't me. She stayed until it was over. Honey came. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's so funny. My dad's sleeping in the place I usually work. <laughs> so <laughs> my poor dad is just listening to me go, do, 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 banging butt naked on the back. <laughs> oh, God. I'm losing it, man. Oh, God. But I know. Oh, Freddie Fat Niles. Sorry. Um, but it was, no, Morgan has a very beautiful voice. That is something we can all agree on. Anyways, Garcelle. Okay. Back to the serious. Okay. Now we're serious again. Uh, Kyle says, I think since Lorraine died, I think life's too short. I'm really just trying to be happy and live my life. I don't want to have wasted day of not feeling good or spending time with people. I don't want to spend my time with or people that don't appreciate me. Okay. So that's Kyle's thesis statement right now. And it's a really good one, right? And she's at a place where she can afford it financially and she is making some tough decisions, but she's like, you can tell she's like, don't want to feel bad. That's why I'm not drinking, working out. Cause I feel better when I do hanging out with people like Morgan that actually make her happy, that titillate her, that excites her. And you know, I mean, we should all be so blessed, but you have to go through hell to get to a place where you can do that. And a lot of people go through hell and they don't, they don't have the means to be able to make these tough decisions. Does that make sense? Anyways, so then Garcelle in a talking head says, the thing with losing someone is the finality of it. You're not going to get a phone call. <sighs> You're not going to get a text. You're not going to hear their voice. I mean, uh, I know for me with my mom, when she passed, it was like, as time went on, it was like, I'm really never going to see her or hear her or hug her. That's the hardest part. You know what? I'm so fucking tired of these shows. Like, isn't it wild lately that they're all bringing up mom's dying? And I just like, dude, can we just fucking make fun of Morgan Wade's voice for a minute without like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Morgan ends her song. Everyone claps. Kyle hoots and hugs Morgan. And Kyle Natagnet says, as hard as this was, people wanted to be together to celebrate her, to hear those stories and be able to learn, lean on each other. You know, that's all we can do. And Lorraine's mom, Sugar, says, Kyle give me the strength. I love you so much. Lorraine should be here. And Kyle's like, she's here. She's here with us. And this episode ends with something that's very important. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call the National Alliance on Mental, Mental Illness Helpline at 1-800-950-NAMI. 1-800-950-NAMI. Next time on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we see Erica receiving instruction on choreography and the instructor's like, so we're going to dip into our legs. Um, and the instructor's like, titties out. Ooh, I'm a princess. And Erica's like, oh God, what am I sign myself up on? She's loving every minute of it. Then we see Crystal on FaceTime with Garcelle going, when I met Anna Maria around Christmas, she told me she was a doctor. And Garcelle's like, and not a nurse. And then we see Sutton and Anna Marie sounds like, you said that I made up. And Anna Marie's like, I didn't say you made it up. And Crystal's like, you said she lied. And Anna Marie's like, shut up. This is not about you. And Crystal's like, you're such a bitch. What is wrong with you? Finally, Crystal is activated. Boom. 
That is our recap for today, folks. If you like this podcast, please consider rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe. If you like it more, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Hello to all the baddies out there. We're doing a Patreon live on Monday. Come join us. My dad, Bill Bailey, will be there with us and having a good time. And uh, I hope you have the best weekend ever. We made it to Friday. This was a long ass week. So what do we always say? Eat something great, drink something good, tell people that you love them, spend some time by yourself, go hiking, exercise, unless you don't want to do that. Then just lay in your bed, stare at a ceiling, read something, right? Uh, dance like nobody's watching or dance with somebody, kiss somebody, but only with their permission. Tell your kids that you hope that they are not doing anything bad, but you love them regardless. And I will see you here bright and early on Monday morning for another pop culture roundup by you guys so bad it's good is a betches media production the show is hosted and produced by me ryan bailey with meditza lopez and sandra fryer additional support provided by sean kilby jorge morales pico and rebecca steinberg guest booking by ali friedlander video promotion by laura valencia be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with ryan bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with ryan bailey on instagram and for additional craziness go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good stay bad baddies betches